This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Good afternoon, America. This is the Freedom's Disciple show. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. I hope you're having a wonderful, relaxing, enjoyable Saturday. I have a lot to talk to you about today. Um, there's a lot of issues that we need to discuss. But today, I want to start today's show slightly different. Unless you've been living under a rock, you will have heard the very sad news that happened this week. America lost one of its heroes. America lost a truly great man. America lost one of probably the smartest men that is currently living. One of the most humble, gracious, honorable men. For those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, of course I'm talking about justice on the Supreme Court. Antonin Scalia there's a lot to say about this but before we get into the politics of oh my god the country's screwed the politics of Obama shouldn't nominate him yes he should, he shouldn't let us take a moment out or this is what I want to do before we get to the politics and the issues of the day I want to remember the man I don't want to always just be about issues and politics when truly great men do things and great people we should honor them we should remember them and not always rush to politics or rush to our own selfish desires So who was Antonin Scalia? Well, he was born in New Jersey on March 11th, 1936. He is Italian-American, or American as he would say. His father was from Sicily, an immigrant. His mother was from Trenton, New Jersey. And her parents were from Italy. First off, how great is it that one of the people who knew the Constitution best and defended it was a f- son of immigrants? That truly is the American dream right there. The dream of you come over here, or your parents come over here, and then you're born. And that dream that says you can do anything you want. You can make your stand. That is a dream that we can all be inspired by. It was clear from a very young age that Antonin was a very special person. He graduated from Georgetown's Summon Con Latte and went on to study law in Harvard. He had a went to a law firm for six years and he was a teacher of law in the universities of both Chicago and Virginia. He was Attorney General. He went on to the Court of Appeals. And then as the position you'll know him most of 
1986 he was appointed by Ronald Reagan and approved to become a justice on the Supreme Court. One of the people who grew up with him, a person called William Stern, said some very nice things about him. And this isn't a recent thing, this is back in an article from the New York Times when he was going to be nominated back in 1986. He said, this kid was a conservative when he was 17 years old. As an arch-conservative Catholic, he could have been a member of the Curia. He was the top student in his class. He was brilliant, way above everyone else. That is a quote. The one thing I remember, and I'm no constitutional expert or an expert on the Supreme Court, but any parts of the decisions I always read, you always wanted to know what Antonin Scalia said. He was incredible. He wrote more concurring opinions than any other justice, and only two justices have written more dissents than him during his time from 1986 to today. He was a brilliant legal mind. Any time you got to see or got to hear the arguments that were back and forth in the Supreme Court, it was clear that he went in, you know, to go do battle with the with the the lawyers arguing the case for the government or for the individuals or whatever the case was. He also had a bit of fun, but he wasn't one of these persons. I'm just going to go in and him and haw. He was always very active in questions. And his dissents and his opinions have paved way for a new generation. If you've listened to this show long enough, you'll know that I like quotes. So today I want to give a few quotes from the great man himself. I'll start off with a few funny ones short and quick and snappy he once said in a, a ruling a journalistic purpose could be someone with a Xerox machine in a basement we always hear today about how you know what's moderate and what's centrist and moderate's always good well this great man once said what is a moderate interpretation of the text halfway between what it really means and halfway what you'd like it to mean how apt is that in so many ways today but he was also a man of great principles again from a New York Times article hardly a, the conservative bastion when they were writing about him in 86 before his hearing before the senate there was an issue of the day called a legislative veto. And I quote from this article. He was prepared to express an view of the unconstitutionality of legislation at a time when he had nothing to gain. And a lot of people would have kept their mouths shut. That sums up a man to me with honour. If you've listened to this show long enough... You'll have heard me talk about some of the great words from your Declaration of Independence and particularly honour and what it means. But he wrote some great opinions. From a case quite a time ago, the Arendan Constructors versus Peña, which was on race. How refreshing is this idea? As I'm reading these words, just think of how fresh it is and how this is considered extreme today. To pursue the concept of racial identity, even for the most admirable and benign of purposes, is to reinforce and preserve for future mischief the way of thinking that produced race slavery, race privilege and race hatred. In the eyes of the government, we are just one race here. It is American. 
how refreshing is it to hear someone with such honesty and integrity say those words and ask yourself would they be said today if you said that today what would you be called what would you be called this is also the man when he was talking about Obamacare and I actually think he has a good argument we should start calling Obamacare the law SCOTUS care his opinions on Obamacare the times it's been before the Supreme Court are honestly brilliant he even once called an exchange pure applesauce this man was incredibly great he was arguing for the Constitution he was arguing or sorry he wasn't arguing he was ruling for the Constitution he was ruling for the people he was ruling for the original intent of what the Constitution means boy how I wish more people loved today the Constitution like Antonin Scalia did boy how I wish some of the presidential candidates that are running in both parties had a fraction of the love of the US Constitution that Antonin Scalia did that would make America a better place overnight I want to read one more of his decisions because there's a, a point I want to make how to give an insight to his humanity and how he saw his own role even back in 1992 there was a case before the Supreme Court and it revolved around gay marriage and at the end of his opinion there's a part, and this is not relevant to gay marriage, but it just shows you how he viewed even himself. I quote, This court has no business imposing upon all Americans the resolutions favoured by the elite class from which members of this institution are selected, pronouncing that animosity towards homosexual is evil. One of the problems America has had, and I've spoken about it, is the tyranny of the courts is that in a land of 330 million people you have nine people and in fact many times five people in black robes sitting and living in a lifestyle that is so far removed from me and you deciding what is best for us in this decision he spoke about how this court and I will repeat, has no business imposing on, on all Americans the resolutions favoured by the elite class. And he admitted he was part of it, because he was a justice. How much we would long for having someone with that much honour and integrity today on the Supreme Court. Now I'm going to get into... Should Obama nominate someone? Should he not? Should he be nice? It's an election year, he's a lame duck. All that. When I come back. But before I do, I just wanted to salute one of your great men. I wanted to just pay a few minutes respect and remember the man as he was. Share some of the decisions. There are many, many more. I could do a whole show on them. But as I go into break, I would ask you to bear with me and forget about the politics and, oh my God, the country's doomed. I would ask you just to remember him and remember everything he's done for your nation. Remember the times he sided with you in the Constitution. As I play one of my favourite songs and it's a song I equate with many different things but different times of funerals and I would ask you as you're listening to this song maybe 
Keep in mind his family, his friends and all the loved ones he leaves behind. I'll be right back. Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I hope you got some meaning out of the first segment. It was just something I felt I needed to do. We need to humanize the individual. Uh, We need to salute our heroes at each and every opportunity we get. And we need to remember them. Not make everything about politics and about, about the country. 
there is a time for that, but there's also a time to to mourn, to remember, and also to be inspired. Um, again, I I don't have the time to to go through a full breakdown, but you know, if do Google searches on the man. You know, it's it's hard not to be inspired by his life and to be inspired by his honor and his intellect and what he stood for. But now we're back to to politics. I suppose it's time to put on pom-poms again. So, he... This great man wasn't dead... I don't know, 12 hours. And we had a GOP debate. And I don't really want to discuss the debate because it was as frustrating as hell. Because I watched it and... If I didn't know better, it was Blaine Bush. Um... Um, Bush was responsible for 9-11 there was no WMDs Planned Parenthood provides healthcare if I didn't know better I'd swear I was watching a democratic debate but that just seems to be the GOP primaries these days and that's just the way they are but what I found troubling of all the many things at different stages was the lack of knowledge lack of principle on the Constitution. I think it was the first question. If I'm wrong, I apologize. It might have been the second. But I believe the first question of that debate was, was should Obama nom- appoint someone? And I heard gobbledygook from so many candidates. Ranging from, he shouldn't, he should, he should nominate someone weak, uh, or he should mo- nominate someone that would have universal... I can't remember the exact word, universal appeal. It's troubling to me how many Americans don't actually appreciate the Constitution. And how many Americans who, for the last four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen years, have been talking to me about the Constitution, inspiring me to love your Constitution. And when it comes to it, they just drop it. Because it doesn't seem convenient. If anyone thinks that any of the following sayings, phrases, have any credibility, I would ask you to double think and double check them. This precedent of 80 years of, well, you don't appoint a Supreme Court justice in an election year. Well, he's in a lame duck president. You know, he can't do it. The Constitution is at stake. I love the last one. It reminds me so much of George Bush in 2007. I'm for the free market, so therefore I've got to destroy the free market. Or I've got to destroy the free market to save the free market. I think it was his exact quote. So, we got to protect the Constitution by ignoring the Constitution. Let me read to you the exact words of the Constitution in regards to the Supreme Court. And I would ask you to listen as I'm reading out the exact words and ask yourself, where are the following phrases? Lame duck, election year, 80-year precedent. I quote, Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution. He shall have power by and with the advice and consent of the Senate, to make treaties, provided two-thirds of the Senators present concur, and he shall nominate, and by and with the advice and consent of the Senate, shall appoint ambassadors, other public ministers, consuls, judges of the Supreme Court, and all officers of the United States, whose appointments are not here on herein otherwise provided for and which shall be established by law now let me read the relevant part to you again just so you can hear think lame duck 80 year precedent election year he shall have the power and shall nominate and by and with the advice and consent of the senate shall appoint ambassadors, other public ministers, consuls, and judges of the Supreme Courts. There is absolutely nothing in your constitution about lame ducks, election years, 80-year precedences, or anything like that. 
So first question, should Obama nominate a justice to the Supreme Court? Absolutely. 100% yes. He should. It's the Constitution. The Constitution is not something you can have as a pick and mix. Well, I'm for the Constitution when it suits me, John. And when it goes against me, I'm not going to talk about it. If that's the type of constitution you want, let me stress to you one thing. You won't have it very long. Because let me say something to conservatives who think this. And this is going to hurt. If you think that by defending the constitution, because Obama will appoint someone more extreme and then it'll be 5-4 and we will lose every decision and it'll be a lifetime appointment, it will destroy the constitution... You are no different if you think Obama shouldn't nominate a Supreme Court Justice to Obama saying, well, I've got a pen and I've got a phone. Because you're just saying, well, I'll, I'll subvert the Constitution when it suits me and when it suits me, I'll, I'll nominate someone, I'll use it. But John, the country's at stake. Oh my God. Yes, it is. But that was only the first question. Should he nominate someone? Absolutely. Should the Senate approve him? Well, that's the discussion that needs to be had. Now, it troubles me how you, so many times the politicians, the medias, the talking heads, and all these people who are so smart and who would look down their noses not only at me, but people like you, who look down on the American people, well, they're just so stupid, they just don't understand things. Who will go on telly and make asses of themselves. And not only make asses of themselves, but will lose the argument. That this is an election, and it's just because Obama appointed someone, that's the reason we're going to refuse him. Why do we have to make politics part of absolutely everything? Why? Because now look at the narrative that you've seen in... I'm not talking in a week or two weeks. I'm talking in 48 hours. Mitch McConnell comes out. Ever who he appoints, we're not going to. We're going to block, block, block. You had Donald Trump on the stage. The, the mission is delay, delay, delay. And 48, 72 hours later, well, you have Tom Tillis out there going, well, you know, if we do this and we say this and we just do it because Obama, we, we'll, be, we'll be viewed as obstructionists. Uh-huh. How do you think this is going to end? How do you think this is going to end with the American people getting screwed? Do you know what would have been refreshing? Is if you had any candidate, any of them, who went out there and said, yeah, you know what? Article 2, Section 2 clearly gives Barack Obama the power to nominate someone. And I encourage him to do it. The closest who did that, and it was a crap answer, but the closest who did that was Jeb Bush. And then continued on by saying, but it's the Senate's job to provide advice. And my advice to the Senate would be this. If Obama nominates someone, give them a hearing. But if they nominate someone who is clearly going to subvert the Constitution, who is not going to respect the limits that is placed on each branch and the checks and balances, if they are not going to respect that Congress has a role and that the job of the Supreme Court is not just to rubber stamp Obama's approval or any president's approval, if he is going to nominate someone who does not believe in original intent and the meaning that their document, the Constitution means, and someone who does not think the Constitution is a living and breathing document, then my advice would be to say no. My advice would be to say no in an election year. My advice would be to say no in the first year of a presidency. My advice would be to say no in the second year, the third year, the fourth year, the fifth year, the sixth year, the seventh year, the eighth year, the hundredth year of a king. This isn't about politics. This is about whether you want the constitution or you don't want the constitution. This isn't about 
whether it's Obama or it's Boehner or it's McConnell or it's Paul Ryan or Ted Cruz or Donald Trump, ever who the next president is. This is about the Constitution and the rule of law. What do you want the Supreme Court to do? Or, well, we could always vote on it. You know, this is a, we should make this an election year issue. Huh. I, I love this argument that now all of a sudden the Supreme Court should be an election issue. That the next justice, leave it up to the people. Ironic that wasn't said prior to Antonin Scalia's death, huh? When the next president will, will pick up to one, two, three or four Supreme Court justices. It took someone dying to make the Supreme Court an issue of this election. This is what you have to decide. You're either for the Constitution or you're not. If you are for the Constitution, you are for when it suits you and when it goes against you. You know, freedom of speech and principles have one thing in common. They're fierce easy to stand up for and speak out for when they go your way. It's damn hard to speak out for them when they go against you though, isn't it? Should Obama nominate someone? Absolutely. But the Senate has a job of consent. And that consent should not be based on declining someone just because Obama nominated someone. If you make this about politics time and time again, there's a chance the American people will lose. But with this Republican Party, the chances are nigh on a dead cert. They will lose. In 48 hours or 72 hours, they already have pretty much folded. It's gone from no vote to, well, well we can't be as seen as obstructionists. And while I'm on it, this obstructionist label. Can someone please explain to someone in the media how that is not a bad thing automatically? If I'm driving a car and I'm driving it over the cliff at $19 trillion, Obamacare, government regulations, the economy going down the tank, and I'm driving that over the car, surely to God you and that car would want someone to say, you know what, maybe we should actually try and obstruct that car going off the cliff. You know, maybe obstructionism isn't such a bad thing. You know, you've got politicians sitting in D.C. day in, day out, thinking, well, how can we screw the American people more? What rules can we do? When is enough enough? When is enough enough? You are losing the PR battle time and time again. But the talking heads in the media, well, you know, we can't be viewed as obstructionists. You know, that would not be good at all. Here's the thing. This isn't about left, right. This isn't about Obama or any other cult of personality that you want to put in the white. This isn't even about Mitch McConnell or Ted Cruz or Donald Trump. This is about the Constitution of the United States. Do you want someone to defend us or not? Do you want someone to uphold its principles or not? Do you believe in checks and balances or not? These are some of the criteria that you should be basing your decision on whether you approve or deny a justice on the Supreme Court. Not, well, it's an election year and my answer will be one answer if it's an election year and another answer if it's not an election year. And I'll finish on this issue with one last point. This video going around of Chuck Schumer, that what he said in 2006 about George Bush, is that the level that, con I'm not going to say conservatives, because it isn't conservatives, Republicans are down to, well, you know what, well, you know, Chuck Schumer said this in 2006, so you know we're just gonna do, we're just gonna do what they did. You know, we're just they obstructed George Bush, so we're gonna obstruct it. We're gonna obstruct them. Have we no room for principles anymore? If you're using Chuck Schumer, let me let me let me give the talking heads a piece of advice, and this is free advice, and this actually might do you good. If you're using Chuck Schumer as a reference of what to do as a positive, you're on the wrong path. If you're using Chuck Schumer as a path of what not to do, then you, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be right. These are the choices that you have. 
These are the choices that you have to make. Finally, the Constitution is going to be discussed. Well, I hope it is. Because you are facing grave, grave issues. It's time to cut the bullcrap, cut the insults, cut the phony issues. Let's talk about real issues. Your country, your people, and your constitution demand it. I'll be right back, America. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network. I remember being in New York City and being right at the dividing line of where the power went out. And and you could feel the anxiety in the air. And you could feel that there was this recognition that, you know, if they don't get the power turned back on. Well, first of all, power was on in in a lot of the city, right? So it was only parts of the city that lost power. But if the entire city had lost power and they hadn't been able to get it back on within 48 hours, things would have gotten out of hand really fast. And that's in New York City. Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. As you can probably tell, today I'm a I'm a bit annoyed. Um I don't know if that's come across. Maybe maybe I might give myself a piece of advice going forward, you know, when you're in a bad mood, don't do a podcast. Don't share your thoughts with the world. But I'm frustrated. Um I'm frustrated for many reasons. Um, I'm frustrated because I can't help more. Uh, I want to serve your country. I've been 6,000 miles away. Really does grate on me at times. Especially when I see what's going on. I see what's coming. I see the issues. And I want to get over there and help. Because bad times are coming. This has been a it's it's a frustrating time. These elections. I'm upset with pretty much every politician who's running for president right now because their answers on the Supreme Court are either self-indulging, stupid or just plain wrong. And I exclude no one from that. I'm frustrated because I'm in the middle of a Irish election which I will be talking to you about when it comes to its conclusion. One of the things I want this show to be about, this is your show. And I've always said, if you have a an issue you would like me to discuss and address, send me a tweet on, twi- on Twitter at Freedom Disciple or on Facebook at Freedom's Disciple. Um, but a few people have asked me, um, what's it actually like living in Ireland? What's it like living under socialism? How is it different? I'm putting together a, a few shows on that. And there's currently elections um, going on in Ireland. And one of the shows I plan to do, the elections will be held at the end of February. In early March, I plan to do a show where I will lay out, similar to what I did last week with Marxism, I will lay out the party's manifestos on what they stand for and then I will contrast it with America and say how different are you before I get to what I want to talk about next I want to say thank you I don't say thank you to you who listen often enough and I apologize thank you for your support and thank you for sharing the podcast last week um, I had an incredible reach and I that's all down to you Um, thank you for sharing it sharing with your family your friends um, I really am humbled and honoured and I'll continue to try and make this show grow so that a message gets out there because we need to win. Freedom needs to win. So another issue I'm very frustrated about which I want to talk to you about and it's just a combination of why I'm annoyed. So a great man died. The Supreme Court hangs on a ballot on a tread. Your country's 19 trillion dollars in debt. The economy is 
growing but very very slowly everyone is struggling we have issues like ISIS we have issues with an Iran nuclear Iran you have North Korea doing tests you have Russia on the move you have all the problem in destabilization in the Middle East from an Irish point of view you have growth of radical groups for those who don't know um, Pegida is now officially in Ireland Pegida is a, a far far right anti-Muslim party you have a lot of hate growing we have so many issues to deal with an election campaign is the prime time to deal with these issues break them down and offer your vision for the future last week when Scalia died after the upset and the pain I thought maybe now because I heard some talking heads maybe now they're going to talk about the Supreme Court and how much of an issue it is and it happened and as I said we spoke about in the last segment the GOP came out strong and then they came out weak and now they're all over the map and all the arguments have been wrong in my opinion but now we're not talking about the Supreme Court anymore no you see the we've got to run for president and we have candidates now who don't want to talk about issues we have candidates now who are running around filing frivolous lawsuits We've candidates now who are acting like complete morons, complete jerks, and are seeing the country go down the toilet and doing absolutely nothing. Actually, to be truthful, if they were doing absolutely nothing, they'd actually help the country more than they're helping it right now. I'm not here to defend Ted Cruz. I'm not here to back any candidates. Yes, I'm connected with the Blaze. Yes, Glenn Beck is my boss. Yes, Glenn Beck has endorsed Ted Cruz. But guess what? I have a mind of my own. I'm a different person. Glenn may be my boss, but I can assure you there isn't any emails going around saying that everyone has in the blaze has to endorse Ted Cruz or has to defend Ted Cruz. There's some who like Donald Trump or some who don't like Ted Cruz will take what I'm about to say and say I'm defending him. I am not. But these frivolous lawsuits from Donald firstly playing Ted Cruz had the audacity to use audio that you said and make a campaign ad and you're telling him to stop because it's slander or some BS and then another lawsuit that says well if you don't stop lying Ted and you don't start playing fair I'm gonna sue you on the grounds of standing that you're not a national born citizen and there are a few others I believe but these are the two I want to talk about firstly if you have an issue go ahead and file your lawsuits don't make a campaign issue out of it file it let the courts decide if he's done something wrong then let the courts decide and let the chips fall where they may but this hogwash of well it unless you stop lying and playing start playing fair I'm gonna sue you because you're not a citizen again is that the type of politics you want that you want someone not to file a lawsuit because they got someone to act a certain way that they felt was appropriate if Ted Cruz is not a national born citizen and I believe he is and I, I outlined that a show about five or six seven shows ago when this first became an issue this birth or crop But if you really believe it, if you really believe Ted Cruz is not a citizen, Mr. Trump, go ahead and file your lawsuits. Don't use it to get some type of payoff to get people to act the way you want them to act. So my advice and my plea actually is, here's my plea, firstly to Donald Trump, either shut up or file your lawsuits. My plea to the other candidates is, cut the crap start talking about the issues lay out your dream for the country what you stand for what you want to do now personally 
and this is selfishly, I would love some of the issues to be, you know what we need to do? We need to defend the Constitution. After all, if I become elected and I get elected, the first thing I do as president is make a note to defend and uphold the Constitution of the United States. Surely to God it's not a radical idea to say, well, if I'm going to put my hand on a Bible or whatever I'm going to put my hand on and say I'm going to defend it, that we should make the Constitution an issue of a campaign, of every campaign. Is that such a radical thought? Or is the Constitution, well, I've got a pen and I've got a phone, and, well, as me as a president, I'm going to be, well, when it suits me, I'll use the Constitution, and when it doesn't suit me, eh, I'll ignore it. Is that what America wants? Do you really want another president in the White House who subverts the Constitution at whim? I would love the candidates to talk about the American dream. Marco Rubio spoke about this two or three months ago, his dream for America and how he was an immigrant and stuff. Get back to that. Oh, I'm not allowed to give Marco Rubio a voice. I'm in the tank for Ted Cruz. Crap. Because Glenn Beck endorsed him. Sorry. Ignore what I just said. No, Marco, you get back and talk about the American dream and how you growing up here and how your family came from Cuba. Start telling your American dream. America, you deserve better. You really do. Not only do you deserve better, but you need better. What I equate this to is, the Titanic is going down, and we're all arguing about what colour the deck chairs are, or what, what the next meal will be. It's irrelevant. You've got to avoid that iceberg and you've got to save your ship. You've got to save your country. And you also got to understand what makes your country unique. What makes your country different from each and every other country on God's green earth, past, present and future. The Constitution, in my eyes, is one of them. It's time to start promoting your principles. I am sick and tired of listening to politicians and people say what they're against. That is the easiest thing you will ever say. Oh, I'm against this. I don't like this. I don't like that. How about telling people what you're for? Start sharing your dreams. Start standing up for what you believe in. You're at a Y in the road. I've said this for a long time. There is no moderate or centrist road anymore. You will either follow the rest of the world and become totalitarian, utopian statist and you'll live under tyranny maybe forever. But it's not too late. You can choose another way and it's the way your founders started. It's the road to freedom and liberty. It's the time for you to decide which one you want to do. It's time to decide. As I said last week in my show, which dreams do you want to complete? Do you want to complete the dreams of your founders? Or do you want to complete the dreams of Karl Marx? In many ways it is that simple. Now that change won't be easy. In fact in many ways it will be damn hard. But when it comes down to it. What do you, what's best for you? What's best for your family? And what's best for your country? These are the questions you need to start asking. And please start asking one of your candidates. Don't talk about a frivolous lawsuit or, oh, well, he's a liar or he hurt me or he said something bad about me. We're not 10 years old anymore. And in fact, that's an insult to 10-year-olds. Let's make this about issues. It's not too late. You still have candidates on the GOP side. You have what? Kasich, Bush, Trump, Cruz, Rubio, Car you have six candidates still left. It's not too late for you to inter get involved in this campaign and start demanding they talk about the real issues. Start demanding they talk about the real substantive issues and putting forward their plan and vetting them, ever who your candidate is, vetting them to see who's best and tell them where they're wrong. 
I gotta take one more quick break, America. I'll be right back. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. The next time you hear Donald swearing up and down about something, just know he lies. And also know he said it. Changes his mind with the win. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt with the Common Core thing because he has been pretty consistent. But in North Carolina, he said we're going to keep Common Core. Okay? He said it. The Jeff Fisher Show. Saturday morning, 6 to 8 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. versus freebies this is freedom's disciple with jonathan dunn on the blaze radio network thank you so much for sticking with me america i haven't got much time left in this segment because the earlier segments ran over but i just want to share a few thoughts with you on the the debate from last week it's it's growing very frustrating to watch these debates for many reasons one, because the way the RNC is setting them up um, and packing the crowds. But I don't think, I think it's an issue where they're letting all these people in. I'm not going to say who they are, they're lobbyists, or I'm not saying any of that. And they're clearly there to promote Kasich and Jeb Bush. And to a certain extent, Marco Rubio. And to give a perception to the folks watching at home, you and me, that certain things are more popular and going over more popular than others. However, I don't think it's wise to make it an issue. And I'll tell you why, for one reason. I get the people are annoyed at the RNC. I get people are frustrated with Rins Priebus, I'm not their biggest fan, never have been. But there are too many bigger issues going on. And when you complain about these type of things, it kind of makes you look weak and whiny. I am getting frustrated with Ben Carson. I like Ben. But I'm getting frustrated with every time he gets asked a question. Oh, you decided to ask me a question. Oh... Look, whether you like it or not, you're way down in the polls. Nationally and internet and in each of the individual polls. Who would you want to hear more of? Ben Carson or Donald Trump or Ted Cruz who won the first two primaries? That's just a fact of the matter. If you don't like that, change your poll numbers, then you might get more time. But highlighting it makes them look weak and whiny. And it it was fun the first couple of times, but it's every debate now and it's getting really frustrating. So Stop it. However, this one debate was by far the worst because, as I said earlier in the show, if I just switched that debate on and I heard some of the substance, blame Bush, Bush sucks, um, 9-11 was Bush's fault, he didn't keep the country safe, blah, 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 Pound Herentoods offer medical services, all that stuff, I would have sworn I was would have said, I'm listening to a Democratic debate, not the GOP debate. This is how far the party has changed. What I find incredibly frustrating is you talk about 9-11, which was one of your worst days in history. You don't talk about 9-12, which is one of the greatest days. And yet you talk about America not being safe, it is safe, it isn't. What about all the terrorist attacks since? What about Fort Hood? What about the Naval Yard in DC? What about the Boston bombings? What about Garland? What about Chattanooga? 
What about San Bernardino? We're having these incomplete conversations. And we're just all going goo-ga-ga-ga for our candidate. We are, as a world, if you believe in freedom, you are under attack. If you are a Christian, you are under attack. And how do we respond? It's all Bush's fault. Is that the level of sophistication and debate we're able for today? To blame someone who hasn't been president in over seven years? To blame someone going even further who hasn't been in the public eye bar a handful of events for seven years. And they were getting caught up in attacking George Bush, defending George Bush, attacking George Bush and defending George Bush, and no substance is coming out. How about we talk about real substance of issues? Because there are plenty of issues that we need to deal with. Protecting the homeland. Protecting America. Securing your borders. Ensuring your economy is strong. What are you going to do in Europe? What are you going to do if England this year or next year pulls out of Europe? And Europe maybe eventually falls and collapses. What are you going to do as Europe has not been invaded by Russia? Slowly and slowly. What are you going to do in the Middle East? What are you going to do with Turkey now getting involved? That's a big question and no one seems to want to pay any attention to. What is America going to do with regards to Turkey in the Middle East and Syria? The reason that's relevant is Turkey's a NATO ally. Where was the debate on that last weekend? Where is the debate on that this week? How about having a real debate on ISIS? Are you going to destroy them or do you believe in that, like Obama does, you have to contain them? These are the questions of the day. And it's too easy to say, well, I want to destroy ISIS. Okay, how are you going to do it? It's time to demand a bigger and better plan. A plan that actually will work. These are the, some of the issues facing your nation. What are you going to do about them? What are you going to do about our Christian or my Christian brothers and sisters in the Middle East who have been slaughtered, who have been told convert or die or pay a tax? I love how the media has just totally forgotten about ISIS lately. I, I don't see much of ISIS in the news. It just seems to be just like Ukraine, just an issue that... It got its 15 minutes of news coverage and now, well, can't keep talking about that. We need to start driving the agenda. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we need to start driving the agenda and start driving the agenda of what the politicians are to talk about and to see what their solutions are. I look forward, if you have any ideas, I look forward to hearing them. Because the times are tough. Times are very, very tough. And they're only going to get worse. They're going to get incredibly harder. Incredibly tougher. And eventually, war might come. War in America. War in Europe. War in the Middle East. And it could lead to a world war. And no one seems to want to talk about it or give real substantive issues and results of how to fix it or how to stop it. Please demand your candidates. If you can go to a town hall, ask questions. If you can get in touch with the media. Start doing everything you can. Email your congresspeople. Email the people running for president to change the agenda. As always, this show 
will do everything it can to stand with you, to help you, and to ask the questions, to get you to think, to think about the issues of the day and to find out where you really stand on them. As always, I will stand with you, with your constitution, your bill of rights, your founding principles. These are the way forward, I believe. And as the times get bleaker and darker, these solutions only be beam all the more brighter. As always, I salute the police, the firefighters, the emergency personnel and your vets, the true heroes of American society. And I salute you, the great American people. If America is to survive, the American people will be the solution and must play the role your pulpits paid at your family. Until next Saturday, America, Godspeed and God bless America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.